Genesis chapter 1 is where we're going to be. Genesis chapter 1, and uh, probably don't need to help too many of you find that. So basically the first couple of pages um, of your Bible, the book of Genesis. And once you find it, if you wouldn't mind standing out of respect for God's word this morning, we'll read just, uh, just three verses today. Uh, this is our family festival Sunday, and, and I, I will admit it was hard to figure out where to land, what focus to take today, um, and, and so I thought, okay, let's start at the beginning. How about that? We'll go to the very first mention of the family in Genesis chapter, tw- in Genesis chapter 1, and, uh, and, and just some thoughts that, that come from this. It'll be a simple message, but one I think that every family should be able to relate to Um, Look what it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And by the way, there's proof of the Trinity right there. Let us make man in our image. That God is one, but he's three persons in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's not three gods. It's one God, but there are three personalities in the Godhead. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, he says, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And every hunter and fisherman says, Amen, this morning. Um, You know, the first mention of something in the Bible is always important to our understanding of it. And the family is no different. God lays out in these verses... A clear purpose for the family unit. And, and I think it's that, that we all know it's sometimes difficult to remain balanced in life. You ever feel that way? That, that uh, Have you ever had somebody like in the middle of, a, um, I don't know if it ever happened to you, but in the middle of a step somebody pushes you and you're on one foot and you just about fall over or you do. Or you're standing with all your weight on one leg and some smart aleck comes up and he kicks the back of your knee and you might collapse. You know, balance is really important in life. And I think sometimes we overlook or we underestimate the importance of balance. But if we don't have balance, we really can't live the way we're supposed to. Uh, when, my, when my mom was, when I was little and my, my mom was, um, you know, I was probably 10 years old. My mom had this inner ear uh, disease that she had to get fixed at some point, but it affected her balance because it was in her, in her ear. And, and she, would, she would go through times where she wouldn't even be able to stand up um, and even get out of bed because she would just fall over until she got that fixed. And, and, and we sometimes we can do that. We've got balance imbalances, not just in life, but in our spiritual lives. And, and especially today, I'll be focusing on imbalances as, fa- as a family. It's very easy. I don't know if it's this way for you and your family. It's very easy for us and our family to become imbalanced. And that we're so focused on the things in front of us that we forget what's most important. And this morning, I want to look at the balance of life, especially as it pertains to family. And just asking God to bless and help us 
to focus on this truth this morning. Let's pray and then we'll get into the preaching. Father, we love you and I'm praying for your help and your wisdom. Pray that you give me a clear mind right now and that you would help us then to find our, the power in your word. Not in things that I say, but in the, the truth that your word contains. We love you. We need you to meet with us. Bless the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Balance matters. I, I, was, uh, I was trying to think of things or ways that, um, that, that balance affects daily life. And, and sometimes, I don't know if this ever happens to you, we, our family, we've got, we have five children and, and uh, it seems like laundry multiplies all the time. I mean, and, and if there's, and maybe you're in a family of two and you say it, it happens in our house too. Well, I mean, it's like the more kids you have, the, it's not addition, it's multiplication when it comes to laundry. And sometimes you'll put the laundry um, in the washing machine and you put it in a way that it's imbalanced. And what does that washing machine start to do? It sounds like somebody's banging on your door trying to get in. You know, it's like knocking around, it's going to fall over, it sounds like. Imbalance, balance is important when it comes to uh, loading a washing machine. I was thinking about one time I had, um, I had a car and the tires were out of balance and I didn't realize it. And they were wearing the tread unevenly. And before I even realized or recognized, I was driving somebody on the freeway. And they said, something sounds really bad with your tires back here. And sure enough, they were out of balance and one half of the tire was completely worn. And I was, I mean, I was in, in a dangerous position if I had kept driving on it. Balance matters. If you've ever been walking and lose your balance and you fall, you realize balance matters. Life is a constant balancing act between two, two ditches, it seems. Um, and, you know, I've heard somebody say, it's a common phrase, there's a ditch on both sides of the road and and when you're trying to balance life, sometimes you're over here and you recognize, oh, I'm over here. So you, this is a ditch. So you start to back up to get out of that ditch. And what do you end up doing? You walk right into this ditch. So you try to, oh, I've got to re regain my balance. And so you start backing away from that ditch and you come back over here. And what do you do? You fall back into that ditch. And, and sometimes life can feel like a bowling ball with bumpers that you're just balancing from one extreme to the next. And if you're in a family that you know what it's like to have a balance between men, especially and in, 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 in wives as well that work, you're trying to balance the work schedule and you're trying to balance your home life. Man, that feels like an impossible task, doesn't it? At times, you're, if you're a student, if you're a young person, you're trying to balance sports if you're playing sports, but you're also trying to balance your academics and make sure that you're getting good enough grades to stay in sports. Uh, if, you're, if, you, if you're married, then you know what it's like to have friends and, and, and have relationships, and you want to maintain those relationships, but you're also married, and you've got to maintain your relationship with the one that should be the priority in your life, and that's your spouse. And the balance is, I mean, I'm telling you, it's back and forth. And then as a married couple, now add children to the mix. And you find yourself, man, it's a washing machine and it's about to fall over. Uh, church life can be a balance. You know, you're trying to balance all the things you've got to do in life. But you're also trying to balance um, doing the right things for the Lord and with your church family. Which, by the way, is an important part of the balance of life. But even in church life, you come to church and you try to find balance because church is full of people who come from different backgrounds. 
There are some that come from that ditch over there and there are some that come from that, that ditch over there and the extremes in a church family. I mean, I'm just telling you, that's how life is. God, and through Jesus Christ, brings people together from all walks of life. That's part of the beauty of a local church, but sometimes it can be part of the difficulty of a local church. You're trying to balance life and balance extremes, and it really, balance is the key to every aspect. Without balance, we end up in the ditches. But I just want to point out to you that God is a God of balance. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time because I think this is self-evident, but he's a God of great power. We see this in Genesis chapter 1, that God is so powerful that he can speak the universe into existence. He can speak and things happen. Things just appear and they come and, and God calls them good. They're all good. But in the same text, we also find that God um, reaches down and with care and with compassion and with personal concern, this great and powerful and mighty God has personal concern for a man. And he's so powerful that he can speak worlds into existence, but he's so personal that he cares for one person. And he has love and gives attention to one man named Adam in the garden. God's a God of balance. God's a God of, at one time, at one point, God, um, we know that we know that God's a God of judgment sometimes, but we also know that God's a God of love. I mean, he is holy, and he's righteous, and he's perfect, and he's never sinned, he is sinless, and yet he created man who chose to reject him. And at the same time that he is a God of justice, and he's a God of judgment, he's also a God of love. You say, well, how do we know that he's a balanced God? Because even though he's holy and even though he requires payment for sin, he sent his one and only son to pay for those very sins. So yes, he's a God of judgment and requires judgment, but he also is a God of love and he sent his son to be our judgment for sin. He judged his own son for our sins. Jesus took our sins on himself and, and God loves us so much that he judged Jesus Christ. He, played, he poured out his wrath on his own son so that he could prove his love to us. God is a God of balance. What's interesting is that about being a God of balance is that he expects us to be balanced because we're created in his image. Meaning that he's not saying I'm balanced but y'all can be imbalanced. I'm balanced, but you can do whatever you want. No, he expects balance from us. And, and he wants us, um, some of us have a tendency to be in ditches. And sometimes, you know, we're in the ditch. Maybe this is your personality, that you're in the ditch of anger a lot. And so in order to back away from the ditch of anger, you're running from anger. And you end up over here in the ditch of too much patience. Or, or, or too long suffering or allowing things to go. And, and it's a constant battle. To, to, you know, if your personality is one of anger, then, then you tend to be imbalanced over there. But if you're one uh, of patience, then you're over here. Some of us have the issue of, you know, we're all about justice. And we want right to be done. Um, and so we back off into the ditch of, of mercy where some people are and that they're too merciful. And they don't, they don't allow things to be resolved or fixed. There are some of us that personally we're very reserved and, and we don't want to speak up. We don't want to talk and, and we're shy or we're embarrassed. Um, but it affects our ability to be balanced in speaking the truth and saying what needs to be said at times. 
And we're, we're to be like God in our own personal balance. But it's not just on a personal level. We're to be balanced. Uh, and I want to point this out in this text today. That God expects families to be balanced. That, that the very first mention of a family in Genesis 1 speaks about having balance as a family unit. You say, well, I'm not, where, where do you get that? Well, I just want to look at some of these things. Look at verse 26. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the, fle- the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over, the, um, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And he talks about dominion again down in verse 28. Um, he says, God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. He says the same thing. So I'm going to say the, the first trait that we see here um, is dominion. See, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, you will have dominion over the earth. Your job is to have preeminence over the earth. You are the highest life form, if you will say it that way. God intended for them to rule over the animals, to take care of the earth. Uh, The point of dominion is that man is to impact his world. Man is supposed to have an impact, to have an effect on his world. God created man to have success in the world. And when I say man, I hope you understand. Mankind refers to man and woman, everybody. God put man and woman on the earth to affect the world. In other words, we don't just live here and let whatever happens happen. We are to have an impact on the environment around us. And I don't just mean physically, I mean the environment, the area in which we live. It is built into each of us, listen, to leave a mark in this world. God designed us to impact our world. He designed us to impact those around us. It was so important to God that he said it twice even here to have dominion. And the principle of dominion is this. The principle of dominion is about stewardship. Meaning that, and, and understand this, God is the owner God is the ruler of creation. Adam and Eve were his divine caretakers. And listen, that hasn't changed. That the world is God's. I mean, he created everything. Everything that you have. You say, well, I have this much in my bank account. Well, no, everything is God's. He is the ruler. He is the creator. He is the owner. You and I are simply stewards. It's kind of like a manager. If you've ever uh, been a manager at a, at a business or at your workplace, the manager may make decisions and he may manage employees and he may order supplies and he may take care of things on a daily basis, but does the manager own the store? No, there's a difference between a manager and an owner. And that's the idea that God is giving here when he says, I want you to have dominion. He doesn't say that you own it and it's yours to do with whatever you want. He's saying, I'm the owner, I'm the ruler, you are the manager. I want you to leave your mark on my behalf on the world around you. The problem is now, see, we know that from Genesis 1 up until Genesis, the beginning of Genesis 3, things were good. But in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, they sinned. And so what should have been cut and dry, what should have been easy, that God is the owner and that we are the managers. We simply live out or execute what he's asked us to do. It all changed when they sinned. And now the problem is that too many stewards act as if they're owners. 
Too many managers act as if they own the business. Instead of striving to leave a mark in the areas that are important to God, we end up trying to leave a mark in the areas important to us. See, we have taken God's gift of dominion and we've begun to use it for ourselves. In other words, our impact is supposed to be on areas that matter to God's kingdom. But in so many homes and in so many lives and in so many families, the impact is not about God's priorities, but it's about our priorities. And it can be so easy for families to live for the wrong things. And I'm just thinking about parents. And if you work a job, if you have a career, career is one of those things that vies for our attention as being the most important thing to us. Life for many people becomes about the climb up the corporate ladder. We view success in our job as our dominion. We operate as if this is our area, this is the area God put me here to live for. And we, we imagine having power in the workplace. And, and if we were just in charge, then, then I would change things around here. That, that's my legacy and that drive to impact our, in our career. It becomes the priority of life. It becomes our area of dominion. If I can conquer this position at work, I have arrived, I have succeeded. For many, it's wealth. We look at big numbers in our retirement account and we think, boy, that's the most important thing. We look at, uh, we're working to have that certain vehicle. If I can just drive that vehicle, then I have arrived. If I can just have that house in that neighborhood, if I have arrived. If I can just have that number in my savings account, then I have arrived. If I can conquer that position um, and, and, and I can afford the nicest things that in that area, that's what matters the most to me. If I can take that vacation, that's what matters. And wealth becomes the area that we are striving to have dominion over. And priorities it can happen. Our, an important question for us all is, what do you spend most of your time thinking about? Think about this last week. Uh, of all the hours in the week, what did you spend the most time thinking about? What did you spend the most time concentrating on and, and, and dwelling on? If you could break it down in terms of hours of, or time this past week, what consumed your thoughts the most? Answer it in your mind. What did you think about the most? What you think about or what you spend the most time doing is your priority. We can all say we want God first and that God is first in our life. But what does your time this week say about that? What do your thoughts say about that? What, what did you spend most of your time doing? Because if you say, yes, God is first, he is my priority. I'm living for him. I'm living for his kingdom. Is that really what you think about the most? Say, we all want to leave a mark, but are you living to make your biggest difference for God or yourself? Listen, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be driven. I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to succeed. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do our best in everything we attempt. We have far too many. This is a problem too. We're talking about ditches. If one ditch is that we're living for the wrong things and we've gotten focused on the wrong dominions, another ditch is that we have people over here that are just settling for life. And they settle to take the easy way out. They're settling to never really achieve anything meaningful. I'm not saying live over there. This mentality is not about trying to do your best. It's about doing your best in the areas um, that make a difference for God instead of the ones that you view as most important. 
The second is, so, so that's area number one is dominion, okay? So remember, we're talking about balance. And God gives families, he gave this family, he said, have dominion. And the second area here is in verse 28. He says, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. The second area of responsibility. So the first would be dominion, but the second area of responsibility here is procreation. Now, don't get nervous. I know it's family festival, but I'm not going to, you know, stand up here and preach on the virtues of having at least 20 kids just because it's family festival Sunday. Now, if you feel led to have that many power to you, this is a no judgment zone, okay? We only have five, and I remember when our kids were little, we would take them to the store, and the people would be like, oh, my goodness. It's like, you know what causes that? We'd be like, we shut the windows so the storks can't get in. They keep coming. I don't know what's happening. No, I mean, it, you, you know, it's, it's God's, it's a picture of God's blessings to have children. Amen. And, and I, I don't want to make anyone feel bad today. I know there are some that, that try and, and God hasn't blessed them. It doesn't mean you're not right with God, by the way. And that just may be God's plan for you at this time. But if you're able to, I say have family, have, have children. I love big families. I love that we have growing families here at Eastside. That's part of God's picture of a blessed family in Genesis 1. But remember, we're talking about imbalances. And, and before you think, oh, great, he's going to tell us we have too many kids. That's not the point. No, any family, any size can be imbalanced. See, and it can easily happen when you're raising children. See, procreation is part of God's blessing and plan. But don't, God, don't miss it. God said be fruitful. He said multiply. He said replenish the earth. He said subdue it. Part of God's plan for mankind was to fill the earth. To have children that carry on the work that God gave to their parents. And one way to have dominion and subdue the earth is to fill it with children that embrace our God and serve our God. When it comes to family, it's God's plan to have children. God desires that we reproduce ourselves. It's right to raise them to do something special and to excel and to succeed. We ought to prioritize the development of our children. I'm thankful. I love that we have families that, uh, with children that take music lessons. I, I love it when the McCrary's get up here and play their violins. And Evan played the piano this morning. And I love to see. And I, I love to see that. I want to see that become a part of the culture at Eastside Baptist Church. It's an area our children can minister in for years to come. I love it. I love that families are, are into athletics and, and that they have their boys in sports. There are a lot of good lessons to be learned to have our, our kids learning how to be part of a team and how to submit to authority and coaching and how to handle disappointments. That's uh, how to just be tough sometimes. How to have a good attitude when you lose. How to work hard even when it is hard. And, and, and just those things, that's a good thing for them to go through. I'm thankful that we have families that, that value doing your best in education. It's a good thing that we're driving them and helping them to excel. They need to be lifelong learners and work hard in the classroom. I'm thankful that we have parents that raise their children who excel in multiple areas. And, and I, I, I want my children to be like Daniel and his friends who excelled. And even when they were away from home, they were excelling. I want to raise children like that. Children that have a good work ethic. Children that can look up an adult in the eye and have a conversation with that person. Children that succeed at what they do. 
Children at whatever area it's in, music, education, athletics, you name it, we, we, we shouldn't steer away from that. We, we shouldn't say that's wrong, but I want you to take a step back because I do believe if we're in one ditch, we're in a ditch over here when we are so focused on the success of our children that we're missing the balance. Because I want you just to consider um, these two areas we've talked about so far. We've talked about dominion, which is affecting the world around us. We've talked about procreation, which is raising children that also affect the world around them. These are very important. We would say, though, dominion and, and, and uh, procreation, we might would say these are horizontal priorities. Meaning, dominion's about managing creation, subduing the earth. But it's, it's a physical responsibility. Procreation and having, having and raising children. And it's possible, though, to raise children who only prioritize the physical things. Children who are only interested in, in, in music and education and sports. And that's their priority. And it's really easy to become horizontally focused in life. God wants us to succeed horizontally. He wants us to do well. He wants us to develop, to do the best we can and not settle. But remember the whole thing about balance. See, we live in a world that's embraced the horizontal things. I mean, think about it. We live in a world and their life is all about what they can see. Their life is all about success on this level right here, horizontal. It's all about career. It's all about physical beauty and appearance in this culture. It's all about doing well in school. It's all about education. It's all about getting a scholarship. It's all about getting a high-paying job. It's all horizontal. It's about making lots of money and fulfilling all your wildest dreams. And we're, we're encouraged to have friends and be influencers. It's all horizontal. It really has become about the American success story. You've got the right job. You've got the right car. You live in the right neighborhood. You go on the right vacations. Horizontal. 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 When it comes to parenting, parents want their kids to be popular. They want their kids to be great at everything. They want their kids to be starting on the sports team. They want their kids to be great in school and, and be the valedictorian. It's, and, and those aren't bad, but it's horizontal. And, and though these are part of God's plan, I want you to understand, I'm not saying these are wrong things. We're talking about balance. And if all we ever do is focus on the horizontal, then we have missed the most important part of, of, of life as a family. See, these are part of God's plan as a family. But success and influence, they're not bad things, but they're not everything. See, there's one trait here that we must have if we're going to live balanced lives as families... Look at verse 26 one more time. It says this, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. See, the most important piece in a balanced family is not dominion and it's not procreation. It is image bearing. See, to be an image bearer means we are reflecting the image or the likeness of somebody else. You know, isn't it funny? Sometimes you look at a child and you say, that has got to be their son. You know, if they're throwing a fit or no, just kidding. No, you look at him and you say, that is the spitting image of dad. 
Or that is the spitting image of mom. My wife, she struggles with, you know, these rabbit holes. And there were some boys in our, in, the, in, our, in our church in Stillwater. She's like, I can't, I can't hold them because they look just like their dad. <laughs> like, come on, babe. Don't project that onto them. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like that. It's the spinning image. You know, you know what? Here's the thing. Here's what God told the family. The very first thing he said, let us make man in our image when he's creating that first family, making that first family. He didn't say first, have dominion. He didn't say first, procreate. He said first, let us make them in our image. After our likeness. Meaning that there, you ought to reflect Jesus Christ so evidently in your life that when people look at you, they say, oh, they belong to Jesus. They, they talk like Jesus. I mean, it's uncanny. The things they say and the words they use and the spirit they have and the attitude they have. It is like if I was thinking what would Jesus look like when I look at them, I'm like, this is uncanny. This is unbelievable. That uh, it's got to be something, um, there's got to be something supernatural involved in this. Well, there is. And that God transforms us from where we were to what we're supposed to be because he desires that every one of us bears his image and bears his likeness. We are created to reflect the character of God. And your life ought to be so reflective of Jesus Christ that there are others look at you and say they definitely belong to him. Note one important point here. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. By the way, both man and woman are made in God's image. You were designed to be the gender that you are for a reason. God chose it. It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. God designed you to accurately be his image bearer as male or female. And every individual has value and is equally important in the eyes of God. It's not an accident that you are who you are. It's not a mistake that you are who you are. And I know that it's true that males and females have different roles and different strengths. But don't look across the aisle and think, that's supposed to be my purpose. No, God created you the way that you are. Be an image bearer in the body that you have. Embrace it. God designed you to be in his image. You were made to reflect your creator. You're supposed to be like Jesus. You're supposed to bear his image. The problem is we get so caught up in the horizontal responsibilities that we fail to prioritize our vertical responsibility. And this is where we get off balanced. And I would submit to you that the vast majority of people on this planet are living for the horizontal to the neglect of the vertical. See, your number one priority, your number one responsibility is to walk with God. And I'm not saying that your job is not important. It is. But if you live for your job to the neglect of your walk with God, you are living for the wrong things. Your priority as a family is to grow with the help of a local church. And I'm not saying that education doesn't matter because it does. But just as important, listen, just as important as an academic education is a moral education. And Deuteronomy 6 says that the moral education is the responsibility of dad and mom. And far too many families have neglected God's word, the vertical, 
for the, uh, for the focus on a college degree, which is horizontal. And, and the part that we are, we are conditioning our children to believe that, that the most important education they can get is the one they get in, at school, at public school or Christian school, wherever they go to school, that, that that's the priority, that that's the most important thing. And we become so focused on the scholarship and so focused on the grade and so focused on the involvement and so focused on the sports, the horizontal things, that we don't balance life out with a vertical relationship. And I am not saying, and I want to say this over and over, I'm not saying these things don't matter, but if this is all you have, then you are imbalanced. And when you're imbalanced, the only rational or logical end to being imbalanced is to fall over. Too many of us have focused on the horizontal to the... To the uh, to the hurt of the vertical. And we, you know, you think about balancing. I, this, somebody said, wow, that's a big rod. Are you going to spank us today with a rod in church? Yeah, the whole message is just this big spiritual spanking today. I was trying to balance this on my finger. You know, I was thinking, you know, balance is something like that. But, but a lot of times we're doing this. And on this side over here, is school and work and sports and money and that vacation and our retirement fund and our leagues, you know, whatever, whatever recreation we're doing, you know, our clubs. And, and over here on this side, we've got about six inches that we give to God. And we think, okay, I'm, I'm balancing life, but when we put, when we put the uh, rod on our hand, I mean, it falls right off. Because our focus is so much on the horizontal and the vertical gets so little of it that very soon we're going to fall down. And this happens in our workplace. It happens in your, in your life. If you're, if you're on, if you're, even if you don't have children, you say, it's just me. And I'm, well, it's easy to, to live for, you know, saving money. And, you know, I've got these activities that I'm involved in. And I've got these hobbies that I do. And I've got, you know, work is busy. And I've got two jobs because I'm trying to pay bills. Because have you seen inflation? Yeah. Have you been to the grocery store lately and seen the prices of things? Yes. So you've got all of these things going. And you've got just a little sliver over on this side for the Lord. And what happens? You can't keep it. You can't keep it up. If the goal of life is to live a balanced life, it's hard. I'm telling you, it's constant adjustment. I'm trying to make it happen. It's not working. And that's good because it's illustrating the point. It, but but let, me, let me just, if this is your life, how much of the rod is horizontal and how much is vertical? Maybe the reason that you're failing in so many areas is because the horizontal part is the vast majority of the balance. And you're giving a very small leftover piece to God. You're giving very little time in the week to a relationship with God compared to the work, the work schedule. 
You're giving very little time in devotions with your family or teaching your children the Bible um, compared to the education they're receiving. You're wondering why your children are, are distant from God or not wanting to go to church with you. Well, when 90% of their week is school, 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 and then if we can make it to church on Wednesday, we will. Well, there's no wonder then. Because we're, we're imbalanced. And what, it, what we ought, what we've got to do is understand that God said the horizontal matters. I mean, the physical matters. Dominion matters. And procreation matters. These things matter. But the number one piece to balance all this out is that you are first and foremost, you're not an employee. You are first and foremost, you're an image bearer. First and foremost, yes, you're a dad, and that's really important, but first and foremost, dads, you're an image bearer. Wives, you are important, absolutely, that role matters, and you are a wife or you are a mom, and that matters a lot, but first and foremost, you are an image bearer. And if we leap ahead of image bearing and try to fulfill all the other roles without being like Jesus Christ, none of those roles are going to succeed. The only role that matters, no, I should say that way. The role that matters the most, the role that affects every other role is you bearing the image of God. You being like Jesus Christ, your walk with God, your relationship with God. We have far too many families that have turned life into an exercise of the horizontal to the ex, at the expense of the vertical. We're out of balance. We're more committed to sports than we are to God's house. We're more concerned about grades than character. We're more driven by the gain of a dollar than the blessing of generous giving. And I'm afraid that too many of God's people have gone from this to this. And they won't even realize it until they stand before God and find out that much of their life was spent on things that don't matter. See, God made you to leave a mark as an image bearer. And God made you to raise children as an image bearer. Your image bearing should affect every other part of your life. And this morning, I just want to point out there's more to life than what you see. Isn't it easy to get caught up in this, caught up in this? Whatever comes at me, that's what I'm focusing on right now. Whatever's in front of me, that's what I'm dealing with right now. This problem at my job, this problem with this person, you know, this bill is coming due, this bill is skyrocketing, you know, I've got to fix the car, I've got to work more hours, my retirement fund's not very good, my savings is about depleted because we're spending all this extra money over here, we've got this health issue with the kids and, and they need to go to the dentist. I'm telling you, well, this is how life can be, can't it? And we get horizontal, 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 horizontal. And we're focusing on our dominion. We're focusing on procreation. We're focusing on all of these things to the neglect of a walk with God. But I just want to point something out. You say, that's really a lot of work. It's a, it's a lot to ask for me to be like Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, it is. In your own strength, it's impossible, actually. But I just want to remind you of this he asks us to be like him to reflect him and before you think that's too much to ask I just remind you that he left heaven to become like us 
and he walked the, those dusty roads in, in Israel. Um, he walked them as a man, not a king. He became like us. And, and then he took the, his, his commitment to his father, he took it all the way to the cross and died in our place. He, came, he became like us so that we could become like him. And before you think, man, I can't be an image bearer. No, you can through the power of Jesus Christ. That he came and died for your sins. He died on the cross in your place. And he paid for your sins. And all he asks for you is to repent of your sin and place your faith in Jesus Christ. And, and say, yes, I believe the work is finished. The work on the cross is done. And by faith, receive him as your savior. And then let the transforming work of the gospel start doing its job. And that he takes you from a sinner. Shameful, regretful, all those other things. He transforms you. And then helps you to become like him. So before you dismiss this as saying, oh, this is too big of a job. I just want to remind you that God, the God of heaven, became like you. So that you could become like him. So being an image bearer is not an optional part of our lives it is essential essential to the success of your life as a Christian are you living for the horizontal or for the vertical do you have a vibrant walk with God if not then you're living for this and it's time to take some steps to change that do you know that you're saved have you ever placed your faith in Jesus Christ? If not, then all you've ever done is live for the horizontal and it's time to live for the vertical. Have you committed or are, are you or to the things that will help you live vertically? How, how into God's word are you? How committed are you to his church? How's your prayer life? How are your friends? Are they helping you toward that? Parents, would you say that your children see more of a priority in your home for the horizontal or for the vertical? What's the priority at your house? School or church? Sports or God's word? Education or moral education? Recreation and entertainment or time spent with God? I'm telling you, it is so easy to lose sight of the vertical because all we ever see is horizontal. Listen, balance is everything. And if we're not balanced between this and this, we will one day stand before the Lord and realize that we wasted much of it. That's what's at stake today. And it's time to go from here to here. For families to be about God and his kingdom more than all the other stuff that's vying for our attention, there's more to life than what you can see. Dominion and procreation, are, they're part of God's plan. They're good things. But if we don't do them as image bearers, we are out of balance. It's time to balance your life with a vertical focus. I don't know how that applies to you. I think probably most of us could use a refocusing on the vertical. If you're a child of God this morning, then maybe for yourself, it's time to refocus. If you're a dad or a mom in your family, it's time to refocus. If you've come this morning and you don't know that you're saved, listen, you can go from this to this today. 
if you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Let's head it, every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's stand together. We'll have what we call an invitation. An invitation is just an opportunity that we give you to respond to the preaching this morning, to respond to God's word. If you'd be willing to respond today to the word of God, if, if God's prompted your heart, spoken to you about something today, about your focus and how it's, be, it's gone from vertical to horizontal, and you really haven't been focused on the things that matter the most, then maybe today is a time for you to make a decision for Christ. Would you be willing to do that? If you say, I've never been saved, would you be willing to come forward? We could show you from God's word this morning how you can know that you're saved and on your way to heaven when you die. And I think there's probably plenty of application for all of us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you bless it. Help us today to be, have the courage to make decisions and to respond to it. And I, I do pray that this is a help for families and that you would just speak to us through your word about how our families can be more balanced in these areas. Lord, we love you. We need you. Pray that you work in our lives even right now. In Jesus' name, amen.